Hi guys, thanks for joining me here on the show today. You're listening to Understanding Dyslexia. Today is episode three, where we are joined by a dear friend of mine, Adele, who is here to talk about her journey with dyslexia. So hello, Adele. It's so lovely to have you on the show, darling. So excited to be here. So, um, So Adele and I were at the French Lycée together where we did most mm-hmm. of our our school school yes. life from the age of 12 11 we've known each other about yeah. 10, 10 years um so how is what was your dyslexia story what's your um i just remember always struggling more than the average kid at school like Mm. since very 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 young and I think it was only when I was like 12 that my mum was like okay like let's go see what's happening like let's see if you have any learning difficulties like just try and see if there's an explanation so Mm. that we can help you um my mum was always like let's you find this out so that we can learn how to deal with it deal with it and how you you'd like to achieve efficient learning methods so you because I would spend a lot of time trying to learn and it would just never stick mm. and especially at French school it's super 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 like off by heart you need to learn yeah. everything off by heart you used to have to recite poems in front of school mm. like in front of the whole class you have to do all stood these things so I remember, well. yeah stood <laughs> up in front of everyone horrifying absolutely horrifying mm-hmm. and so my mom was like okay let it was like miserable at home whenever I had homework because I just couldn't do it Mm. and my mum was like okay let's go find out what's happening so that we can try and learn relearn how to learn basically yeah Yeah. and so I went to see this lady when I was um I think I was 12 the first time I went and she was like yeah it does dyslexic my mum was like okay that's fine I didn't think that I was just dyslexic so like a year later we went to see someone else and found out that I was dyslexic dyscalculia and I had a form of ADD oh I didn't know that yeah so basically like to me so it's also I think quite interesting just to realise that people can like not diagnose you correctly because I remember Mm. always thinking like I really struggled but I never really struggled so much with like in the same way that the average dyslexic person struggles with, like, um, switching over the words, like, lot, like, lot, like grammar, grammar yeah. and all that. Like, me, it was really numbers. My con- my concept of numbers, you tell me, like, one kilometre, <laughs> £100,000, all this thing, I'm like, sorry, I don't really know what you're talking to me about right <laughs> now. Like, my concept of, like, numbers in space, I don't know if that makes sense, is completely, yeah. like... Yeah, no, that makes so a lot sense of sense. And my ADD is also really, 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 it's awful because I would literally not be able to focus on something from like more than a minute. Like I'd have to reread the same sentence at least 10 times, mm-hmm. like in tests, like whenever there was like different questions, I would really, I'd lose a lot of time because just reading a simple question. Just, just reading it took you as long as the normal person exactly. was given to read and answer like, the question. I needed time to process it so much mm. more. I never, I don't know. It was really, so those were the three 
a whole baggage of disability basically no that's really interesting though i didn't i didn't know about the add i knew about the dyslexia and dyscalculia because i obviously am the same um but i didn't i didn't know about the add Mm, that's really interesting and so do you feel that um you like what have you done to like because obviously you're at uni now you know Mm -hmm. you're doing like and like complicated course like heavy coursework based course so how how have you like um adapted to kind of treat or not treat but like sort of how did you you know when you say relearn to learn so how how, what what are some of the methods that you imply like day to day to kind of get round the dyslexia or the dyscalculia because business must be hard I just like avoid numbers. numbers. (laughs) I literally avoid numbers. Like I remember, so I do business management at Kings, and the first year it was obligatory to do accounting. Of course, yeah, mate. (laughs) Accounting is literally the devil itself for someone like me. Like honestly, and everyone just gets it. Yeah, that's the most frustrating part. I think this is literally like Chinese or Russian or Martian language to me. Like, so I'm. I don't know. My dad would always sit down with me and bless his heart, be really try and be really patient with me and Mm. like explain to me really simple basic math, and it just would not stick. So like, I literally would just get by. Like in maths, I literally just got by. I'm sorry to say, I have not found an answer for no. No, but it's interesting, it's interesting how, you know, you've sort of, as much as it's been really difficult for you to do it, a lot of people, I'm taking myself as an example there, I, as soon as I could stop anything to do with maths, I did, like I, I did whatever I could do, I, I changed schools so I could never do maths again. Um, so I think, you know, you're more honourable in the sense that I really ran away from it. I think, yeah, I think I you, always... you know, you did take it face on to a certain degree. And I really admire that. I think that's amazing. I think it's really Thank brave, <laughs> especially in a university context, though. Yeah. Because it's not but... school anymore. Like at uni, you're kind of expected to have a certain knowledge of things. And I feel like at uni, if you don't know what everyone's meant to know... Then, you yeah. you kind of feel a bit like mm, what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, but exactly. Luckily for me, in my course, it was like the first. It was the first year, and then second year you could choose whatever. So instead of every little um, math genius around me choosing finance or more accounting and all these big old number and mm. courses, I chose stuff like marketing and like entrepreneurship and something that's more creative within content the industry. Yeah, less numbers. Yeah. Mm, that's exactly. really interesting so yeah so my discount that's how I maneuvered it I just kind of just put so many hours in within my actual my school years as well to just get by basically yeah just work um, so much harder than everyone else exactly. that's, that's so, the conclusion I've come to with yeah um, literally just to get the minimal just enough yeah. for it to like kind of make your scores okay yeah um then like dyslexia i don't know like i just feel like as soon as um i got a diag by like diagnosis can you say diagnosis? Uh-huh. yeah 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 um the teachers knew and so they wouldn't be as horrible. mean <laughs> 
like, it still feels stupid. They still found a way to make it feel stupid, but at least they weren't, like, in your test being like, what does this mean? I'm like... Yeah. And like in front of everyone, that that's exactly. it's the humiliation that I was. Primary school, very was humiliation. Yeah, the whole yeah. primary school was humiliation because in, in the French system we have something called a dictée, which is like they read aloud, they read aloud. Um, a dictation. A di- yeah, a dictation. Mm. You just kind of have to write it down, and I just remember also thinking, how the hell is everyone writing so fast? So fast. I was literally, <laughs> I was literally like, I was like, I'd get lost. And I know, and you're like words, ten and words back. back. And do you remember? Did you ever have, because te- some teachers did it, not all teachers did it, I remember really clearly one of my teachers in a dictation would um, minus you. So you'd actually go into minus numbers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then the worst part of it all, <laughs> in a primary school, I'm literally nine, I'm literally nine, my teacher's like, okay, great times. And she's like, the last names, she's like, seven so, monsieur, no, no, no. Yeah. And so she'd go from the best grade yeah, allowed to the worst. whole class to the worst. Yeah. And I just wait. <laughs> in front of everyone. My misery. And, you, and you'd think and your name. Like, and you'd think. Yeah. I'm like. And it's just like, as a nine year old, it's horrific. Oh, it's of course. That's the biggest form of humiliation that you'll ever experience, really. I think it's the biggest form of humi- humiliation I ever experienced was. um was at that school teachers and um and it really upsetting for me as well for you i guess you had an excuse (laughs) teachers thought i was stupid until i was 16 so you know i i feel like at least um i feel like at least you you had that that diagnosis i feel like um that Maybe, do you think if you hadn't had the diagnosis, do you think things would have, I don't know, do you, do you think having that diagnosis impacted your school life well, in I a more positive like, way? Yeah, 100%, because yeah. comparing, because I only got it in, as soon as I went to secondary school, mm. my whole primary school years was really tough for me, because if you go to the, if you know that you say, you know that it's a school full of prodigy kids, like literally prodigy Oh yeah, like, and that that yeah, will be being, that that will then have maths tutors and French tutors to come back to and oh, and, yeah. and re and reteach them everything. Which not you know I didn't have that. I mean I had a maths no. tutor yeah. my whole life because I was so rubbish at maths that it was a necessity yeah. rather than a privilege. <laughs> to be honest, I couldn't have stayed in the school if I didn't have a private maths tutor. I don't think I would have stayed. <laughs> I think I would have got kicked out oh, when gosh. they could. Um, so, That's funny then, though. So and then going back to the question, it was how did I manoeuvre it, right? That was the question. Mm. So this and so and last my dyslexia, I don't know, I just my mum from very young she was like like teaching me techniques like a mind mapping. That's amazing that um that your mum had I never didn't I never realised how much of an impact she had in like really mm-hmm. trying to help you works through this that's amazing yeah my mum would read books on books about the brain and how the brain works and she was just like it's not a just she'd always put it in my head it's not a disadvantage it's not a disadvantage and from very young my mum was like we'll put you into english school we'll put you into english school Mm. like they'll be so much better for you which they are meant to and then i would me at that age i'm 13 all my best friends are around me of course you don't want to change school and i was like no 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 like school wasn't not for something like that as well but it wasn't like i i don't want to leave because 
I had struggles learning. Like, like that, me at that age, I was like, no. It's kind of embarrassing as well. I feel like I was always really embarrassed that I couldn't, that I was never doing as well as everyone else. Because another thing about the French school that I feel like our listeners should know kind of contextualizes it that everyone is very competitive whether it's in the classroom or in the playground so if you were in class everyone was very competitive but the minute you left class it would be like what did you get on your test 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 and i would like i'd lie literally lie yeah. I got 17 mm. with my yeah, little awesome. 8 hidden away. And then, like, and then like, wasn't the best grade 15? And you're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think of that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's actually, I'm, and I'm the misread worst part it. of it all is that there'd be a class average. Forget the exam, there'd be a class average. So that makes you feel even more like shit. Because it's like you've already got your 10 out of 20. You're feeling pretty miserable. 10 out of 20 is already pretty fucking good <laughs> as well. And then, you know, you find out that the best grade of the class is 19 and it was an easy test and the average was 16. And you're like, hey. Yeah. No, it's true. Right. They were really... It's an education. It was very much number-based. Yeah, and it's very... It's so competitive. So, like, I don't think <laughs> I've ever been in an environment more competitive than the Lycée. No, the Lycée is a rough one. But to be honest with you, like... It's character building, for sure. Uh, I literally have the toughest skin now, and I'm literally the most hard-working person because of it. Agreed. And I think a lot of us are. I think I, I, I think all the people that I still know, which obviously is not many, but all, <laughs> all the people that I'm still, that I still talk to um, from, that went to that, that went to the Nisei, is doing really well right now. They're the biggest go-getters. And they're the the biggest go-getters for sure. And they are so hardworking. It builds into you this work ethic that's incredible. Like, even though I would cry and cry and I have so many terrible memories, I I do, I thank my mum all the time for putting us in that school because... um, even though I found it really difficult, it definitely shaped yeah. the, like, the way that we just good. got on with things, you know, the way yeah. that someone goes, oh, well, you've got 10 pages of exercises to do tonight, yeah, then you would do it. Yeah, you were never guided through anything, like, you were never helped through anything, so no. we can be thrown into whatever workplace, no matter how horrible your manager is, and no matter how not guided you are, and just manage to deal with it and just do well like I can be thrown I feel like I can be thrown into anything my my knowledge of course and like just kind of get out of it and just kind of do well Mm. and like everyone and like you're just and also like you're allowed to stick a smile on your face even like when you feel like you're stupid Mm. because like you can't also, the least thing, one of the things is that like, you couldn't show them in a room. Like, you, you didn't want to be weak in front of the children. Oh, God, be, like, no. You did not then, want like, to be weak. Then you feel even more stupid and you'll need to feel even more stupid. But, yeah. And then, so my ADD, I think, is the one I struggle with the most because something, homework that would take me not that long would take me hours yeah and to me the only i think one of the main reasons i managed to do well at my baccalaureate which is end of year is basically um it's the fact that i took i was prescribed by dr Ritalin. oh wow my god adele i feel like a terrible friend that i did not know any of this <laughs> no, but that's really interesting. I, I never knew you took Ritalin. Yeah, wow. Ritalin. For the back? I, Just I for, revi- for, the, for revision or for the exam? I took it for the my two last years of school. 
Wow. Yeah. And how did that affect um, your? Did it? Did it? Did it affect, did it affect in any way your your mental health or the way that you were living your life? Because obviously it's medication. I've heard I've I had some friends that took Ritalin, just for example. I mean, the one of them she did have ADHD, but she took it a lot for exams, and she couldn't sleep. And um, me, I would take it, and I would go. I was dosed really like I wasn't going to have high doses at all. Right. You know, I couldn't say exactly how much, and I would take it in the morning. And to be honest, the only side effect I felt was that I was just not that hungry, which, to be honest... Yeah, she didn't. She stopped eating as well. That's not like... I was. St- I would still eat, but I would just not eat as much, which isn't a big of a deal. But honestly, <laughs> like... Pretty good, really. You know, I'm doing a bit of a skinny mini <laughs> Diet for, pill. for the two years. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, but, like, honestly, like, it really, like... I just... I think I just... The way I see it is I just saved a shit ton of time. Like I, because you at baccalaureate you do twelve different subjects. Yeah, you're supposed oh, yeah. to tackle twelve Listeners, subjects. Listeners, baccalaureate is not like A levels. And like already, I spend so much, I could just my time management skills basically because it would take so long to learn. Mm. It was impossible for me to plan, and also you have a very short time to learn. Like before baccalaureate, you have one week. Yeah, no, I didn't say. You have one week off. Yeah, no, it's insane. So you're supposed to, you're finishing your whole whole program and then you have one week to learn everything. Obviously, you're supposed to learn throughout the year, but like, what kind of normal person, not me, I'll tell you that for free, knows everything, like can remember what they learned three months before. Or like six months before in September. I can't do that. And so I just remember taking it and feeling like I was Wonder Woman and being like, how how am I managing to like, Work this That's incredible. It it like, you must it have really quick. felt like Wonder Woman, though. I know. Like you had a superpower. It was just like normal. It was like yeah, you were just. Whenever I tell people, when people tell me like, oh, like written in must, you must have been like fucking go 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 go. Like no, nah, mate. I was just like oh, it's just normal. Was really yeah, like, that's what we have to do to be like you guys. <laughs> I'm like no, and like honestly, like wow. Straight after, straight after that, I stopped taking it because I just, I just. I don't want to, like, obviously it doesn't have bad side effects for me, and, like... I think you you get used to it, though. Yeah. You don't want to get used to it, and then not like yourself when you don't take it, do you know what I mean? Exactly. And, like, uh, and... Did you take it for uni? No. No. Have you not took it since? because, to be honest, like, the leasing was so hard that... To me, you oh, uni's piss, mate. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> no, I know. And I didn't even go through those, those two years of, of hell... Um, but yeah, no, it's true. It really does. Um, it really does shape the way that you think about anything else. I didn't. I I, I didn't know that Adele. Though. That's really um really interesting. Very insi- yeah. insightful. No, um, honestly, it saved my it saved my baccalaureate, and I did really well because of it. I think. And did you have extra time? Yes, I had extra time. I had extra time. A third. Had, but yeah, a third. Yeah. Did you and take it? You, uh, yeah. yeah, I did. That's simply as well because also yeah. one of the things uh, that you say the the way you that you're uh, evaluated is that you have essays and essays and essays and you have like two hours to write three essays and it's just not your average normal English essay. It's like French language is already really hard to start off with mm. and you're just expected to write like really. I don't know how to explain it. It seems so long ago, I can't believe it. It does, but you know, it was. It was, it was five years ago. 
It's insane to think that's that. Impressive. No, I know. That's depressing. No, like, I know. And that's... you know, like, I think, yeah, I think I did really well my baccalaureate because... You did, though. I saw you did really well. You got a really good grade. Yeah. Well, basically, that's one of the stories that really <laughs> fucked with me was that I was, so you get predictive grades, and obviously I did really... Or you've got these teachers forever telling you you won't amount to this, you won't amount to that, no, 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 no. So you end up applying to unis which is are below your belt, mm. and you should not be applying to in the first place because you've got all these teachers that have given you no self-esteem, no hope, so you, no hope. So you don't even bother punching, and then you get predicted these grades which are pretty average. And then for me, what happened is I did extremely well. I got predicted grade in economics which was my special my speciality yeah. i majored in i don't know if that you can say that um because the french system is so different is what i was basically my most important exam because it's yeah the one that, that had the highest value oh, let's exactly. say to try and explain it yeah, the, it, yeah what did in my that? average basically yeah so basically you've got you've got all the, you've got 12 subjects but each subject has a different uh, coefficient yes, value that's it, the coefficient. To, that's added into your average. Very so complicated. Me, very complicated. So me, my economics was the most... Um, the highest exactly, valued one. Yeah, 14 yeah, yeah. out of 20, which is already pretty good for French school. I don't know if... No, that is good. That's banging. People, people would Anything over have, a 10. Yeah, like it's difficult to get a 10 out of 20 in this school. Oh my God, yeah. Um... And I ended up getting a 17 out of 20. Mm. And I remember being like, and then all of my grades, even in Spanish, I was predicted a, a 16 and I got a 20 out of 20. Like, all these things, I remember doing so much better than all these teachers had predicted me. And I remember thinking, like, oh my God, now I, need, like, now I actually need to go to one of these unis that I've applied to, which is below my belt, clearly, which I thought was... It's, with, yeah, it's quite it's disconcerting, isn't it? It's not, that's not how you're meant to feel once you get incredible results. Do you know what I mean? That feeling of, oh, I could be doing like better. I've proved you all wrong. I've proved you all wrong yeah. and now I'm in the situation that I shouldn't be in. Yeah. Just because you all told me that. And you're I'm getting penalised at the end of the day because what happened then, then, because then, well, I'll let you tell the story, but then you, you went to that uni, didn't you? You went to Brighton. Yeah. You didn't like so, it. I hated it. So I initially, like, I applied to do these. Um, so I wanted to do fashion initially, fashion mm. communication. So I applied to my top two choices was uh, London College of Fashion and um, Brighton. I didn't get into London College of Fashion because of my um, predictive grades were too low. Mm. And then I got into Brighton, so I went to Brighton. I hated it. I was so miserable. And I was calling my parents every day, being like, this is not for me. I know I need to get out of this. Mm. And I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. So my parents were like, right, okay. Like, something's wrong if she's telling us, like, that she can't do it. Because I rarely go up to my parents and say I can't do it. Because I know, like, from very well, young... Well, that's not how we were raised. I'm a struggle. Mm. I'm a struggle. So yeah. I, whenever I'm confronted to struggle... We I'm carry on doing it. Yeah, that's not how we were raised. Do, yeah, exactly. No. So like, Especially at the Lisa, if you quit at the first sign of struggle, exactly. are you joking? So yeah, me, at the time, I was like, this isn't just a struggle, uh -huh. it's a actual, actual yeah. struggle, because it wasn't challenging. It was really well, you were just unhappy. Like, it wasn't my environment, it wasn't my mm. for me. So my mum was like, okay, well, if you want to do this, if you really want to drop out, you need to drop out before um, 
a UK citizen, you need to write a personal statement, you need to reapply, and you need to find a job. And I was like, right, okay, I'll do that. Wow, so I, yeah. So, all before, this was like October, and I had to do this all before January. January, because that's when the new customer um, line is, yeah. And you did? And I did. I Superstar. Yeah, I reapplied. I got into King's College, which is, I think, next level compared to Brighton. 100%. Um, and I also got into London College of Fashion because I was like, I don't know if I want to do business in fashion. Oh, wow. So business. you reapplied. I applied to King's. I reapplied to London College of Fashion. And London College of Fashion, because they saw the grades that I had, were like, fuck yeah, we want you. Whereas before, they only saw my predicted grades and they were like, no. Mm. So I got into King's and I got into London College of Fashion. I got into other, I got into St. Mary's, uh, Goldsmiths, also one of the factors. Yeah, 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 London. yeah, yeah. Um, Good for you. That must have been so, a real confidence boost, though. Exactly. So I got into King's and I was like, because I was like, I don't want to risk going into another fashion school. And I'm not liking it. I'm just going to do, because I know I want to work in fashion later on. I was just like, let me just major in business. Let me do business and then I can, because I wanted to do the business side of fashion. Anyway, yeah. So let me go into a So you can specify. I can specify mm-hmm. whether going into something too specific and then being stuck into that specific corridor. So I got into Kings and I was so happy. Like, honestly, that was like one of my biggest, like, achievements. Fuck yous. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Like, fuck you all. I'm a boss bitch. I work hard and I, like, finally am getting what I deserve. Yeah. Like, that was literally it. That, it was the baccalaureate, my grades. I was literally like, finally, I feel... It lit a fire, didn't it? It lit a fire underneath you. Like, it was the first time I got a sense of reward since my the beginning of my scholarship in the new thing. That is something, though. And then the second time was when I got into King's because I was just like, I was seeing all these people going to King's or UCL. Going these to these mad unis, yeah. Who were like the top of the class in my school. Yeah. And I was like, that could never be me. I was always like, that could never be me. That could never be me. Because mm. I was always taught to think that I could do that. Mm. And then I, so obviously, I'm here I am in January with a place in King starting in September. Now I have to find a job. And I found a job, a six-month internship. And So good. Mm-hmm. What an incredible testimony. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite nice to remind myself. Yeah, you, but you should not, and you should, and this is the whole point of this, this thing that I'm doing, because I feel like both of us, you know, and anyone else that had any kind of learning disability and that was at our secondary school at say, you go on autopilot mode. And you don't question yourself. You don't question anything. Your parents don't, you know, you were lucky your mum understood and, and was there and, you know. I do bless her. Yeah. Her and I was like the smartest blessing ever. So for her, it was a bit like, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that can contribute an awful lot to the way that you kind of see yourself because I feel like with you you know even though you struggled you never I don't ever feel like we would you know I don't have memories of us obviously I didn't know I was dyslexic until much later than than you did but I don't ever recall you saying anything about it 
or speaking it. Do you know what I mean? I don't recall it ever being an open subject of conversation, ever. No. For anyone, with anyone, about anyone, to anyone. Do you know what I Like, I always, I always remember it being quite taboo. Yeah, like, for me, I just remember... There's like, when you say in our year, how many people are there? A lot of people, right? In our year, you yeah. have like, at least 300 kids. At least 300 students. Year. And then you're, so you're always put, when you have extra time during exams, like big exams, you're always put into the same room as um, the kids with extra time. And so you're 300 people in that year. Guess how many students are in that extra time room? Like five? I'd say easier, like 12. 12. 12, like 12, oh, like, out of 300, which isn't out right. That's just, so that was, that makes you feel even more like an outcast, because yeah. you've been to this room with 12 other people, and like some of the people in that room are people, I'm actually, I'm not going to feel like you with me. <laughs> you can yeah. say whatever you want, but I know what you're going like, to say. But they, 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 they were delinquents, weren't they? Not a lot even, of them. but like there were people with like, there weren't even people with learning disability, there were people with like Oh, wow. And, like, people with, like, people with, like... Physical disabilities, maybe. Right. Right. So, yes. So, they kind of lumped any old disability. Every 10 minutes. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they kind of lumped any, any old disabilities into one, didn't they? It was kind of like, um, yeah, like a bit of a free-for-all, which is crazy. It's crazy. No, well, listen, thank you so much for no, this testimony. Um, I no, I could as well. It's, it's, uh, it's really great. No, yeah. no, but it's really great to talk to someone who um, knows the, the struggle that we went through. I think that's something that yeah, will forever bind us together. Yeah, uh, 100%. And, I, love, uh, I love it. Like, it's not you who you are. Yeah, and I'm really proud of you. I want to say that. Oh, like, go you, you, you know. Go like, us. Yeah, no, but honestly, like, honestly, well done. Like, like, honestly, like, it makes you so strong-minded. It makes you... Definitely. Really a go-getter, because it also and also like people would never give me shit because i would give them shit right back people whenever someone said like oh that's because you're dyslexic i'll literally look at them and be like do like i'd literally just tell them watch me yeah watch me watch me we'll see like maybe right now you see me struggling in class maybe right now you see me struggling and not doing as good and great but realistically put me in a workplace yeah you will end up crying whenever someone tells you you're doing something wrong. Mm. Me, I'll be trying to already plan ways of... Doing it right. Doing it right, different options, making it okay. We've been so used to telling people that we've done things wrong our entire yeah. fucking lives. I'm very sensitive as a person, but you cannot knock me down on my, like, intelligence anymore, I don't think. No, and good for you. Because I know it's very different to the average person. I know that, like... You've put me in a room and you talk to me about loads of stuff and now and I'll leave that room and be like, fuck me, I did not catch much of that mm. because of my ADD and then, like, my mind is going pieces. I know that, for example, I would not be able to be as good as someone in that aspect, but it's just like someone's intelligence cannot be measured. People can be book smart, people can be smart um, 
like when they're spoken to mm. people can be sparked by like reading people have to talk like photo like, photographic like, memories mm-hmm. photographic mm-hmm. memory like people people learn in such different ways like mm. people could learn with music like in that is i know i could never do that people could not me neither my like, god it's just so crazy. much distraction <laughs> everyone is built so differently every brain mm. is built so different so differently why are we all meant to be put in a system which we're all meant to learn in the same way it just doesn't make sense well this is what i'm trying to change adele small steps darling but that's that's what we're trying to do no that is that is really and you've really hit the nail on the head there that's really that's the whole point of um of me doing this and i and i'm thrilled that that's sort of that you've understood that and um Mm -hmm. that you're sort of sharing that with me so that's really great darling so thank you so much um, I'm just going to cut the audio that was our third episode on understanding dyslexia podcast I'd like to thank my good friend Adele for participating letting me pick her brains uh, we had lovely conversation um, it's lovely to reminisce sometimes on those school days even though I know it scares a lot of people um, but that was just a truly wonderful conversation so thanks again my darling Adele for joining me on this Um, I'd like to thank anyone and everyone who listened up until this point of course Um, thanks for following me on this journey it means the world to me next week we are joined by a very special guest called Iona Iona is actually in my year, in my university year, third year of uh, visual communications at Leeds. And we were put in touch through my tutor, actually, who found out about Iona being dyslexic. And Iona has previously done some work as part of her VizCom course um, to do with dyslexia. So tune in to find out more if you're a VizCom alumni or if you're a VizCom student. Uh, tune in to listen to VizCom dyslexic gals talking about their experience. Um, so there you go. Thanks again. Bye.